0: Scotland's readings from Acts 9, verses 32 to 42, page 1103 in the Church Bibles. Annias and Dorcas. As Peter travelled about the country, he he went to visit the Lord's people who lived in Lydia. There he found a man named Annias who was paralysed and had been bedridden for eight years. Annias, Peter, said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your mat. Immediately, Ananias got up. All those who lived in Lydia and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, in Greek her name is Dorcas. She was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became ill and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lydia was near Joppa, so when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydia, they sent two men to him and urged them, Please come at once. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around him, crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them all out of the room, then he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called for the believers, especially the widows, and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. Peter stayed in Joppa for some time after, with a tanner named Simon.
1: Pray as we come to God's Word. Heavenly Father, we recognize before you our need of you. We recognize that without you we, we do not know you. Uh, without you speaking to us we are left ignorant. So please, Lord, in your mercy, would you speak to us by your Holy Spirit through your Word? Teach us, encourage us and show us Christ, in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to to begin with this question. What on earth is Jesus doing? Or what is Jesus doing on earth, perhaps? What is Jesus' business here? What is he up to? What is he doing? What is his role Or you think of one of those uh, kids' books teaching children about different jobs that some people have. Which job best describes Jesus' work? If you were to survey people in town, um, it'd be interesting to hear the different answers. I guess people would answer differently. Perhaps some would say um, Jesus would be like a a, a policeman uh, because he's about maintaining law and order, Um, He's he's about keeping people safe, perhaps. Uh, Perhaps someone else would say, um, well, Jesus, he he would would be a politician because he's interested in the big picture things and keeping the whole thing going and sorting out the big picture problems. Maybe someone else would think outside the box and say that uh, if Jesus were on earth now, he would be perhaps a a self-help YouTuber um, making content to inspire people uh, about fulfilling their p- potential and making the best of their lives. What is Jesus' business here on earth? What on earth is Jesus doing? Well, this double miracle at the end of Acts 9, I think, gives us an answer. We just need to find our, our, our place in the book of Acts. You'll remember Acts chapter 1, verse 8. That is our table of contents, if you like, for the whole book. Jesus says to his apostles, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes in you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. That's stage one. And in all Judea and Samaria, that's stage two. And to the very ends of the earth, that's stage three. And we've seen the gospel bear fruit in Jerusalem, stage one. We've seen the gospel spread into Samaria and into Judea already, stage two. And at the end of chapter 9, well, we're still in Judea, we're in the Judean countryside, but we're right on the cusp of stage 3. We're right on the cusp of the gospel going to the very ends of the earth. We'll hear more about that next week. Having focused on Saul last week, Luke turns our attention this week back to Peter and to Peter's ministry. And so as Peter travels... He comes to a town called Lydda and, cu- and comes across a paralyzed man called Aeneas. Now often, those who suffer paralysis are amazingly inspiring and show amazing resilience. I think of the story of Paul Alexander. I don't know if you know his story, um, otherwise known as the man in the iron lung. Uh, he was a man who aged just six, caught polio, uh, and was left paralyzed, and his, in, f- since then, he has spent much of his life on his back um, in, a, in a great big metal machine-type thing to help him breathe. I don't know if you know the story. He is an amazing, inspiring person, amazing resilience, amazing mindset, amazing positivity, determination. Perhaps Aeneas was just like him in those ways. But as we see Aeneas here, Physically speaking, there is a kind of deafness to him. So Luke tells us that Aeneas had been bedridden for eight years. Imagine uh, lying on the floor of your bedroom since 2016. You would be forgiven for thinking of your room as a kind of coffin. So Aeneas, he's alive And yet, you wouldn't really say, or he wouldn't perhaps describe himself as as living, at least not physically. His is a a death-like existence. But amazingly, Jesus gives him new life. So as Peter meets him, verse 34, Aeneas, Peter said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your mat, and immediately... Aeneas got up. And just as there was a kind of deafness to Aeneas' paralysis, so Jesus' healing of him resembles a kind of resurrection. So Peter says to him, get up. And we're told that immediately Aeneas got up. Now the word here for get up and got up, it's literally rise. And it's the same word that Peter is going to say to Tabitha to raise her from the death. In fact, it's the same word used to describe Jesus' resurrection. So it's not so much when Peter says get up, he's not so much saying stand up to your feet as saying rise, rise to new life. This healing has has a resurrection feel to it. It's a healing but it feels like a resurrection the way Luke describes it and the way what happens. And you can understand why. Because as Aeneas would go outside for the first time in eight years and breathe in the fresh air and see the trees and the sunshine and hear the birds, I'm sure he felt like he had been given his life back, that he was a new man really alive this is a a kind of resurrection then as Peter heads down the road to Joppa he visits Tabitha and we have a literal resurrection from the dead Tabitha from the way that Luke describes her here it seems that she was very much right at the heart of the church in Joppa a friend to many a model believer Luke tells us always doing good Always helping the poor. So you can imagine that for this church to hear of her illness firstly, and then to hear the news of her, her of her death, it must have been an awful shock. Luke tells us that her her body has been washed, placed in an upstairs room, awaiting her burial. The disciples they there they send for Peter he arrives and as he does it's a very very sad and poignant scene Peter comes into the room where his body has where her body has been laid her friends are all there and they express their grief and they tell Peter about how sad they are that she's gone and they they share fond memories and they get the clothing that she had made and it jogs their memories and They cry and they just try to come to terms with what has happened. Luke then says that Peter sends them all out of the room. Now, we mustn't read into that statement any sense of harshness or impatience on the part of Peter. Peter has a deep respect, a deep compassion for these widows, which we'll see later in the story. But Peter needs to do business with Jesus So, with the room clear, he gets down on his knees and prays. Then he turns to Tabitha's body. And amazingly, in the power of Jesus, he instructs her to get up, to rise. And what happens? But she opens her eyes and she sits up in her bed and peter takes her by the hand and she rises to new life peter calls for the believers i don't know what that would have looked like perhaps there was a messenger outside the door he says go and go and tell the believers tell especially the widows i've got something to show them and they come up the stairs and they go into the room where they had just been a few minutes before And they see, standing there in front of them, alive again, their Tabitha. It's an amazing miracle. And what we're seeing here about Jesus and Jesus' business is that he is all about giving life, raising people from the dead. Are these miracles, they really happened. That's important for us to know. Luke here, he's not J.K. Rowling, writing fantasy or fiction. He is an historian documenting history. These miracles really happened. But these real-life miracles are also pictures and pointers to spiritual realities. Because what Jesus did for Aeneas and for Tabitha he does, in another sense, for everyone who turns and comes to him. He gives us life. In what way? Well, let me mention two ways. Firstly, Jesus gives us new spiritual life now, just as we've been thinking about this morning already. So just as uh, so much of Aeneas' body was effectively dead, Uh, just as Tabitha was literally dead, so too we were once spiritually dead. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians 2 writes, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live. That's very, very striking imagery, isn't it? Just as Aeneas uh, couldn't walk. Just as Tabitha couldn't do anything because she was dead, so too we at one time, Paul says, couldn't. We couldn't please God. We couldn't accept his gospel. We were spiritually dead. We may well still have achieved things and contributed and made life better for others perhaps. Our lives still mattered and had value, that is for sure. But spiritually speaking... Paul says, we were dead. We were like Tabitha. And yet Paul goes on in verse four. Yet because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive alive with Christ. So just as Peter says to Aeneas, get up, rise. Just as he said to Tabitha, get up. So in his mercy, Jesus, if we're trusting in him, summoned us, rise. Convicting us of our need of him, turning us towards Christ, giving us faith that we might accept this new spiritual life. And that means that those of us who trust in Christ, we are new creations, we are new people. We've been born again, we've been given new hearts. We are spiritually alive. Jesus gives us new spiritual life. But not just that. These miracles also point us to the fact that Jesus is going to give us new physical life when he comes back. Well, it was on our screens for no more than two or three minutes, but it hooked us. It was the top gun movie trailer. Um, This is going back a couple of years ago now. Fighter jets flying at supersonic speed, epic music. And we watched this and we thought, we have to watch this. This just looks amazing. And that's what a good movie trailer does, doesn't it? It whets your appetite. It draws you in. It gives you a taster of the main film. Well, these two episodes in Acts 9 They are a trailer for Jesus' coming kingdom. They give us a snapshot of what it's going to be like for his people when he comes back. So just as Tabitha hears Peter summoning her, get get up. So too we who are in Christ on that day will hear Jesus say, get up. It's time. It's time to rise just as Tabitha opens her eyes and sits up and gets to her feet, so too we who are, who are in Christ on that day are going to open our eyes and sit up and climb out of our graves or wherever we are into Jesus' kingdom. Just as Zenaeus' body was made strong and healthy again, so too we who are in Christ on that day, our bodies will be made strong and healthy again forever. Because the hope of Jesus' coming kingdom, it's nothing short of resurrection bodies in a brand new physical world. And this is what Jesus is giving us a snapshot and trailer of. So what on earth is Jesus doing? What's his business He's in the life-giving business, giving new spiritual life now, promising new physical life then. And so I wonder, do you believe that about Jesus? As you picture Jesus, is that who you see? I guess sometimes we think of Jesus as being perhaps in the enforcement industry, yeah like the TV license enforcement people who go around people's doors and knock on the doors. Have you paid? Or like parking attendants hunting down uh, drivers whose tickets have expired. We think of Jesus in those categories, perhaps. And if we think like that, well, we we back off from him because we think that Jesus is going to take something from us or diminish our experience of life. We keep him at arm's length. But of course, he's not like that. He's in the life-giving business. If anything, he's he's more like a a doctor. Come with medicine to make us well. A paramedic coming with pure oxygen to breathe life into our lungs. Jesus is in the life-giving business. Spiritual life now, and physical life in the age to come. That's the first thing I want us to see. He's in the business of giving life to the dead. But secondly, and, and a bit shorter this time round, he's in the business of giving life to anyone who would turn and believe in him. At next week in chapter ten, Peter is going to do something absolutely outrageous. He's going to do something completely groundbreaking and history-making and revolutionary. That is, for the first time ever, he's going to take the gospel to the Gentiles, to non-Jews. Now, I get that from our place, from our standpoint in history, that might not seem very significant to us. Um, But this was massive... Because at this point, the gospel is about to go global. Forgiveness of sins, relationship with God, the promise of eternal life was about to be made available not just to Jewish people of a Jewish background or to people of a partially Jewish background, but to everyone, to every uh, citizen on the entire planet. This was a huge moment But it means that at this point in the story, we need to know, does Peter have Jesus' endorsement? Has Peter really been commissioned by Jesus to go and do this, to bring the gospel to the Gentiles? It's a crucial question. Because if Peter going off to the Gentiles is really Peter going rogue, or or kind of going off the back of his own initiative, without Jesus' backing... Then we who many of us who are Gentiles by birth, we are out. If this has all come from Peter's head, we are out. Our confidence is misplaced, we have no hope of eternal life, we are still under God's judgment, we have no place within God's people. If Jesus if Peter doesn't have Jesus' backing. Wonderfully, here we see, he really does. How does Jesus endorse Peter at this crucial point in Acts? Well, he does these miracles through him. So Jesus' fingerprints, they are all over these two miracles. I wonder, as you listen to the reading, did you feel like you were hearing echoes from Jesus' own ministry? Now, as Jesus said, he thought, "Gosh, that sounds a bit like somewhere else." If you if you thought like that, you'd be absolutely right, because what Peter does here is exactly the kind of things that Jesus did. So in Luke five, Jesus heals a paralyzed man. What does he say to him? Get up, take your mat and go home. What does Peter say here? "Ananias, get up." Roll up your mat. Or in Luke 8, Jesus raises a little girl from death to to life. How does he do it? What does he do? He sends almost everyone out from the room. Sound familiar? He takes her by the hand. And again says to her, my child, get up. You see, what Peter does here, it has Jesus' fingerprints all over him. And Peter's very happy to acknowledge that. He says to Anais, Jesus Christ heals you. He makes sure that Luke knows that before he raises Tabitha to life, that he is down on his knees praying. No one else is in the room. Peter is off that information. Because Peter's not looking for glory. He himself acknowledges that Jesus is the one working through him. And for us, if we are from a Gentile background... This is really important. This means that, G, that, that Peter really is Jesus' ambassador. He really is a genuine apostle. Jesus is the one who has sent him and will send him with the gospel to the Gentiles, to us. This should give us amazing confidence, amazing reassurance that the gospel to the Gentiles is from Jesus. We don't need to doubt it for a moment. Jesus is in the life-giving business. And it is for anyone, no matter who they are or where they're from, whether Jew or Gentile, religious or not religious, it is for anyone at all. Finally, and, and just very, very briefly, how do we receive this life? Well, the people of Lydda and the people of Joppa show us. What's the people of Lydda, what's their response to seeing Aeneas being healed? We're told, verse 35, all those who lived in Lydda and Sharon, that's the area, saw him, Aeneas, and turned to the Lord. Or in, in Joppa, verse 42, what happened to Tabitha became known all over Joppa and many people believed in the Lord. They turned to the Lord, 35, they believed in the Lord, verse 42. And these two phrases are really, really helpful. The language of turning to the Lord is really crucial. It speaks of turning away from our sin, uh, leaving our sinful ways behind, turning to the Lord and going his way and following his example It speaks of repentance. We'll never do that perfectly, of course, but that's what we're called to do, to change direction. They turn to the Lord. And then the people in Joppa, they believe in the Lord. Again, that phrase is so, so helpful. It speaks of accepting Jesus for who he is, recognizing that we need his rescue. We need his life-giving power. We need his promise of eternal life. And it speaks of leaning on him to do just that. So if we turn to the Lord and keep turning to the Lord, if we believe in the Lord and keep believing in the Lord, Jesus gives us life, new life, new spiritual life now, waking us from the dead, and new physical life in the age to come when we will enjoy being with him in his forever kingdom. Let's pray and ask for God's help to see Jesus rightly and come to him for life. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus. We thank you that he is in the business of giving life. We thank you, those of us who have trusted him, we thank you for this new spiritual life that he has given us. And we thank you for the new physical life that we look forward to on his return in his coming kingdom. Help us please to be those who keep turning to him, who keep believing in him. In Jesus' name, amen.